0: You are listening to Women Who Launch and Lead, the podcast for women ready to change the world by women who are changing the world. Listen in each week on iTunes, Google, Spotify, Breaker, or Stitcher as we connect with women making it happen in life, business, and career. Relate to their struggles, learn their strategies, and celebrate their successes. Then show your love by subscribing and leaving a review. Now, here's your host, Dr. Sharita Weatherspoon.
1: Hello, hello. This is Dr. Sherita Weatherspoon, and we're here for another episode of Women Who Launch and Lead. And today, we have with us Dr. Naisha Cherry, who is the CEO of Cherry Blossom Health Coaching. And we're excited to have her with us today. How are you doing, Dr. Cherry? I am great. Thank you. How are you? I'm awesome. I'm awesome. And I'm really interested in diving into this conversation with you, um, learning about how you got into health coaching, um, what your story is, and then you know, learning more about who you help and how you help them. And I'm sure that you're going to share a lot of valuable information that our audience will be able uh, to take from and apply to their lives, not only personally, but probably professionally <laughs> as well. Uh, so I always like to get started by having you share with the audience about who you are and how you're impacting the world
2: okay thank you so i am a health coach a holistic health coach and i focus on weight loss and i also focus on life coaching i teach yoga to my clients i teach them exercise so fitness as well and i generally help women of color um i want women of color to be a lot healthier than we've been because people of color in general are um, we're very high on the obesity rate. And so I'm helping to get that under control by working with women because women usually are the people in the household who's doing the cooking, who's rearing the kids. And so if the woman is healthy, more than likely her children will be healthier and her significant others will be healthier as well. So I'm helping to impact families by helping women to get healthier via losing weight, via taking care of
1: themselves, and getting their lives in order. Mm, awesome awesome so how did you get into this line of work
2: so i got into this line of work because i lost my mom to breast cancer and so when i lost my mom to breast cancer i kind of like well actually a little bit before she passed i was looking into ways to you know kind of fight against cancer and what i was finding a lot was um food like how we eat and exercise And um, those things help to fight cancer. And then when you are overweight or obese, that lends itself to a lot of diseases, such as diabetes, cancer, um, heart disease, all those kinds of things. so I got really passionate about health and being healthier. I've always been interested in exercise. I've always been interested in doing yoga. So I have been doing those things for a while, and I um, ended up getting my own health coach. And Talking to her, I really, like, got even more interested in helping women be healthier. So a combination of all those things together led me to getting my own certification.
1: Mm, okay. So on your own personal journey um, of health, are there any particular challenges that you have experienced that you also see in the clients that you serve?
2: Sure. Um, Emotional eating. (laughs) Uh, Emotional eating. So when I lost my mom, I kind of got an an influx of emotions, anger, um, sadness, disappointment, just all over the place. And so I gained weight because I was eating a lot. Um, And a lot of times we eat in order to buffer those emotions instead of actually feeling them. And so that was not helping. And I was just brushing those emotions under the rug and eating and not feeling them and i teach my clients because i have some emotional eaters as clients i teach them you know to feel the feeling because when we don't feel the feeling we're basically just pushing it away so that when it wants to flare up and it gets compounded by other emotions it's just going to be a big blow up and nobody's going to be happy so you'll have pain and you'll blow up at the same time So it's best to feel those emotions, let them filter through, let them pass, and then you can move on with your life and you've gotten over whatever that emotion was that was causing you to overeat. So a lot of my clients do do that. They have gained weight from um, overeating, from emotional eating, rather, and I've helped them to combat that we have a a strategy that we use where we focus on our thoughts and our feelings because all of our emotions come from our thinking. And so our thinking leads to our feelings. Our feelings are what guide our actions and our actions are how we get our results. So if you want to lose weight, then you need to focus on those thoughts that you're having about your weight loss process and about your body, about yourself. Because if those thoughts are negative, if those thoughts are not helping you, they are not serving the cause that you have then you won't see the results that you want any result that we get be created and that's not just in weight loss that's in your business that's in your relationships that's in anything so you want to make sure that your thoughts are always serving the cause that you want whatever result you want you want to think positive positively about it you want to have positive emotions about it when you're working towards it so, for example, if you're trying to lose weight and you think, oh, I would never be able to lose these last 10 pounds, then you won't because you're always feeling negatively about it and your actions are going to re- reflect that and your results will reflect that as well.
1: Mm-hmm. I really like how you said that any result we get, we create it. Mm-hmm. That is really powerful um, and obviously it extends you know, way beyond health and wellness mm-hmm. and um, you know your weight <laughs> literally in any area of life whatever the result is we create it although sometimes um we don't take ownership of our power and creating yeah. that result
2: yes that is so true and so i try to teach that too you know okay well what was your um parts in this because circumstances are neutral whatever is going on in the world whatever is happening it's neutral we assign a feeling and a thought to it. So the way that we think and feel about it, that's how it's gonna be for us, that's our perspective. So yeah, you're absolutely right. It applies to every single area of your life, just like the coronavirus, COVID-19. A lot of people are not happy about it and it's making them sad and depressed, but that is just a circumstance. You can still find a way to thrive. You, are having, you can still look at it in a more positive light. If you're living with people, let's say you're living with your children and your husband, then you're now getting the opportunity to spend more time with them, which we were lacking because everybody was so busy going to work, everybody was so busy going to after school activities and all of those things. So it depends on how you look at it and how you think about it. It's mm-hmm.
1: all about your your perspective and how yes. you want to interpret um, what that circumstance is for you. Absolutely. Yeah. This has been. Um, the topic of conversation (laughs) any conversations that I've had recently and I think it just speaks to the fact that our minds are probably the most powerful and valuable resource that we have you know beyond what our hands can do Mm -hmm. um, and even what our words can say and I absolutely believe in the power of words but what Mm -hmm. comes out your mouth is absolutely a reflection of what's going on inside your head
2: absolutely absolutely even the bible talks about the power of the tongue and the bible talks about keeping your mind and your thoughts on things above because god knows that our thoughts are powerful our thoughts are supremely powerful so yes Mm -hmm.
1: so and even you mentioning about feeling the emotion um -hmm. we i think we sometimes think that it's not okay to feel the emotion that you know we shouldn't be angry we shouldn't be upset or if we are we can only do that for a certain period of time
2: <laughs> right and we,
1: you know we have to move on and that's because that's kind of what society tells us you, yeah. you know um, you can't just you can't uh, you can't really allow whatever that emotional process is to work its way out mm-hmm. like you have you have to give it a timeline <laughs> versus letting it move through its own timeline. But the reality is that, you know, let's say how you process your grief and the time it takes you to do that and get to a point where you're really okay could look very different than it does for someone else. And neither is right or wrong. Right. Um, but feeling the pressure to kind of move on from that Um, in and of itself, then causes you to behave in ways that work against your healing anyway. Mm -hmm. I agree. Yeah.
2: So I, um, with my healing, I, I, I worked for the remainder of that year. My mom passed in January. I took about a month off. And then I worked for the rest of that year. And after that year, I stopped working because I was a teacher. So I loved the teaching field. So, I really didn't get to process my emotions enough, but they still came up for me after the fact. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've still been working through them, but I'm much better now than I was. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was. I had a lot of anger. So, I'm the only child for my mom. So, I, I had a lot, a lot of anger. And um, it took me some time to work through that. Mm-hmm. And so, I definitely have healed a lot more. Um, I wouldn't say I'm 100%, but I'm definitely in a much better place.
1: Right, 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 right. So, How does all of that translate into your work as a health coach?
2: It makes me really honor and take um, care of myself. So self-care is super important. And I share this with my clients. Um, Taking time to take care of yourself matters. Because if you don't take care of yourself, no one else will. So whether that's dealing with emotion from trauma, whether that's eating healthy, moving your body, maybe, maybe that's taking a nap, you know, getting lots of water, journaling, having a morning routine, which I definitely have a morning routine. It helps get your mind right for the day. Um, anything like that, like whatever it is for you. So people get self-care mixed up with thinking, oh, that means I have to get my nails done and my lashes done and my hair done. And that's not what it means per se. That can be an example if that's what makes you feel good. But a lot of times we need something that's a lot simpler than that, that's inexpensive, that doesn't cost any money. We just need time with ourselves. And so self-care is very important. And I really try to um, instill that in my clients and have them manage their time in a way that they can implement a self-care practice every single day because it's just that important. Mm-hmm.
1: So what, what's one of your favorite self-care strategies?
2: so like i said before i have a morning routine so i wake up in the morning and once i you know wash my face brush my teeth i come to my office and i read my bible and i journal i plan my meals for the day i journal about my goals and um my vision about what my business is going to be like and i work out sometimes in the morning sometimes in the afternoon um, but that's another part of my self-care strategy. Every single day, I plan out what I'm going to eat for the day so that I can make sure I'm making healthy choices. Um, and it's based off of my weekly plan. So it, it doesn't take a lot of time for me to do that. But I definitely journal every day. I read my word every day. I pray every day. And I exercise most days. Those are staples in my self-care.
1: Mm, okay. Um Now with having those things built into your schedule and then, you know, running your business, um, how do you find and maintain balance?
2: So I, well, for one, balance is almost a myth because it's never really going to be true balance. You have to just prioritize what matters. And for me, that matters. And so every morning that's part of my routine and I block it off on my calendar because my calendar is pretty open. People can just go on my calendar and block off time to um, talk with me if I don't have anything in that space and so I make sure that my time for my self-care practices are blocked off on my calendar and I usually get up around seven or eight and so those things take place before I get started with my day. Mm -hmm. Now my exercise doesn't always take place before I get started with my day but it is on my calendar whenever I do it and so that time is blocked off. Mm -hmm. I make sure, and that's what I teach my clients. Like, it's very important to block it off because if you don't, people will yeah. try to build you over your time for yourself. <laughs> They'll be like, oh, that's not that important. You don't even have it on your calendar. Like, <laughs> <laughs> So I definitely, like, block it off. This is not okay for you to block over. This is only for me right now. So, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so let's talk a
1: little bit more about the the. Your, your business and mm-hmm. kind of behind the scenes and your, your journey as an entrepreneur. Um, what are some of the challenges you faced in launching your business?
2: So originally I faced um, a confidence challenge. So I would be like very shy. I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't want to do lives. I'm scared to put myself out there. Oh, if I post this, what would people think? You know, I had those kinds of thoughts. Those were my challenges. Just not having the courage to really step out and showcase my business on whatever platform I'm on as far as social media is concerned, I would be like, oh, I can post this on my business page, but I don't want to post it on my private page because I don't want people to know what I'm doing, people who I've grown up up with, what would they think? And I had to let that go. For one, people have a higher value of me than I have of myself sometimes. (laughs) like you are a smart one in school what do you mean Yeah, had a phd what do you mean i'm like well i still have doubts about myself sometimes so i really had to get over that and practice what um i learned from my coach and she learned from her coach and i teach to my clients and she teaches to her clients and that thought models which is based on what i told you before about your thoughts leading to your feelings your feelings guiding your actions and your actions creating your results so i really had to focus on my thought models and self-coaching Um, And so really just poking holes in those things that are not true. (laughs) And so I really had to spend time doing that to step outside of my shell and put myself out there and having my own coach because a coach should have a coach. And if a coach does not have a coach, you may want to question why and maybe not want to take their services. Um, um, (laughs) Because, you know, it's important. So, So my coach helped push me out of my comfort zone as well. So her and sub coaching and thought models really, really helped me to get beyond that scared phase. And so now I'm like, oh, I'll do a live, and I don't really have a problem with doing a live. When at first I would be like, oh, my God, I have to write it down. What are they going to think? Oh, my face is going to look this way. I don't even care anymore. It's like, get out there and do it. <laughs> oh, right.
1: Yeah, so you said um, something about poking holes in mm-hmm. those um I think it's in those truths or something like that. The things that are not truth, really. Or the things that are not true. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you have those things that act, they are true, but they're not as powerful as we think they are. Mm-hmm. So, you know, as an example, the, the concern or the fear could be that, you know, like people are going to judge me. Mm-hmm. It's kind of probably part of what was behind, you know, your challenges in that area. Now, the truth is, people are going to judge you, right? <laughs> um, and they're going to judge you regardless of what you do. They're going judge to you, judge you whether you go live or not. They're going right. to judge you whether your live is perfect or not. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the judgment is positive, and sometimes it's negative. So if you're going to be judged anyway, because that is the truth, you're going yes. to be judged anyway,
2: mm-hmm. why
1: not go mm-hmm. ahead and do the thing that benefits you?
2: absolutely and that's part of the self-coaching that pushes you out and being like so what if they judge that's what people do so a lot of times i find myself writing so what because it's so what who cares if someone thinks a certain thing they have the right to think what they want to think it doesn't have to affect me so mm -hmm. and if they don't like what i'm posting then i don't necessarily want them to be my client anyway
1: and they're not Uh, (laughs) that's the thing right there they have um, disqualify themselves yeah. from being your ideal client.
2: Absolutely. Yeah.
1: absolutely. And I think we, we don't think about that because we feel like we have to be able to speak to and connect to everyone to have a successful business. Mm-hmm. And that's absolutely not, not the case. And you're actually able to be more successful when you can find the perfect person for mm-hmm. what you have to offer.
2: Yes, your ideal cl- client avatar. So I created mine and <clears throat> focused on speaking to her. Mm-hmm. So.
1: Does she have a name?
2: Yes, yeah, she does.
1: <laughs> her name
2: is Micah.
1: Micah, I love that. <laughs> name. Yeah, Yes, yes. Um, so hey, how long have you been, been a health coach?
2: So the health coaching has I have a two part business, <laughs> but the health coach has now been almost two years, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. and the um, yoga business has been almost five. Okay. So.
1: So yep. let's let's talk about the the black woman in yoga.
2: Yes.
1: Okay. So, um, mm-hmm. I think yoga is getting more popular among black women, um, but it's still, you know, in certain areas, it's like, it would be hard for me where I live to, to walk into a yoga class and there be a black instructor and maybe even another black person in the class. Mm-hmm. So You know, what has been your experience in that particular area? You know, first getting started as a student. And then once you decided to become an instructor, just what did that journey look like?
2: (laughs) So this journey has been quite
1: the journey, I
2: should say. (laughs) I first practiced yoga back in 2004 and I did it with my um good friend at bally's because we worked out at bally's i don't know if you ever heard of bally's total fitness Mm -hmm. and they offered a yoga class we were like "Ooh, let's try it the instructor was white being that we were at a fitness facility it was pretty mixed class Mm -hmm. so we would go um like two or three one or two times a week i should say once or twice a week we would go until we stopped going to bally's so Mm -hmm. then i stopped practicing yoga for a while and then I, um, I've had trainers, and we would do certain yoga moves for my trainers, with my trainers, and they were black guys usually. Um, and then I moved to Alabama to work for Teach for America when I was still in education. And I went to a um, yoga facility that was owned by a white woman. She was an older white woman. The class was, every, everybody in the class was white. I was the only black lady. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to think, I think it was like one man. And he was a white older man. Mm-hmm. So I, I went to, um, to yoga classes there. And, oh, I skipped one thing. LA Fitness. When I moved to LA Fitness Gym, before I moved to Alabama, I took yoga there. And the instructor was black. Mm-hmm. And um, it was a mixed class as well. It was a um, black LA Fitness pretty much in the area where I live. Um, when I came back to Georgia... Shortly after this, my mom found out she had cancer and she passed away shortly after that. And so I got back into yoga because I knew that taking yoga made me feel calm. And, um, and I was very enraged. So I went to a popular yoga place and I was probably the only black girl in class. It was a white instructor, white manager, white person at the desk, bunch of white people in the classroom, um, And then I I, I went for a certain amount of time because I had a certain number of free days before I started my membership there. And then I saw the black instructor and I took her class and it was great. And then I saw like a few more black people, a few more sprinkles of black people coming in. Mm -hmm. It did not deter me though. I said, I'm gonna still come because I enjoy yoga. Then I decided to go into um, teacher training. So I joined the, the yoga studio, went to teacher training. In teacher training, I, it was, I believe it was about two other people that were of color in there. Everybody else was white. But they were very nice. They were very inclusive. It worked out pretty well. So then I became an instructor at the gym, and well, at the yoga studio. And I would have classes that, at first it was mostly white people. But then when black people would come and they would see me, they would schedule, you know, to come to my class.
1: Mm-hmm. So
2: that felt good, you know. To see them coming to my class, even some of the instructors, black and white, came to my class, and so it was a pretty good community. Um, the only reason why I stopped working there, because I even have went up to studio assistant manager. So the only reason why I stopped working there was because I decided to pursue my own mm-hmm. business, and so I um, did yoga in the park, and it would be mostly black people, mm-hmm. and I um, have had only black private clients um yep yeah. so that's pretty much how it's been private clients have been black yoga in a park all black yes mm-hmm. i have only have black students so okay yeah. and most of the time they are very novice mm-hmm. um but then they like yoga when they try it
1: mm-hmm.
2: oh so i've been a first yoga teacher to a lot of black people
1: right right so mm-hmm. you found it um challenging to get to get um, our sisters to kind of open their mind to doing yoga or do they come like, yeah, I want to try this thing.
2: <laughs> so I get both. Okay. The people who are, who are scared about opening their mind to it, they think that it's some type of religious situation. And I'm like, well, no, it's not religion. It's a philosophy. Mm-hmm. Um, and even still it's, a, it's an exercise and I'm a Christian. And so how do you feel? How do you believe? Know that I'm not, I'm not going to steer you wrong. I'm only going to teach you <laughs> what you would agree with. Um, and then other people are like, oh, I want to try it. You know, so then they will come and try it. Then there's some people that are just scared to try it because they're like, you got to be flexible to do yoga. And I'm like, no, you don't. That's kind of what you get from doing yoga. <laughs> <laughs> so I've had all kinds of different situations.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. So, as we um, start to wrap up our conversation, um, I know that you have a free gift for our audience. Can you tell us about what it is and how we can find it?
2: Absolutely. So, I have an ebook entitled Self Care 101 because so many people, like we said earlier, don't understand self care. So, I identify six different areas of self care and provide you with some examples of each area um, after giving an overview of self care in general. So, this is an ebook and it's online. It's bit.ly backslash self care 101 ebook. Once again, that's bit.ly backslash self care 101 ebook.
1: Now, also, how can we connect with you online?
2: You can connect with me via email, Naisha N-I-E-S-H-A, at I am on all social media platforms at Niesha Cherry or either Dr. Niesha Cherry.
1: Awesome. Thank you, Dr. Cherry. And thank you for joining us sure. for this episode of Women Who Launch and Lead. This episode of Women Who Launch and Lead was brought to you by L-Hypnosis. Contact them at lhypnosis.com. My
0: name is Laverne Henderson, and I am a happily single licensed hypnotist. Did you know that it doesn't matter if you're married, in a relationship, or not? We are all single individuals. Thank you for joining us for Women Who Launch and Leave with Dr. Sharita Weatherspoon. Be sure to subscribe to the show so you don't miss an episode and leave your positive review so we can continue to bring you impactful and powerful content. Don't forget to connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at Coach Sharita. Learn more about how you can work with Dr. Sharita at sharitawetherspoon.com. As always, learn, launch, lead.